0: I want you to turn tonight to Genesis chapter 39, and verse 9 is the verse that I'm interested in. There it says, There is none greater in this house than I, neither has he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin? against God. And then there is another portion in Deuteronomy, chapter 34, and verse 10. And it says, And there arose not a prophet since in Israel, like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. I want to talk tonight about role models. Our Father, we pray that your Spirit would direct us in whatever you would have us say, that you would say it for us, and having said it, you would apply it to the hearts That need it most, that it might produce the desired results. And your name, which is worthy, would receive the praise. Amen. You and I live in an age where everybody seem to, in particular the younger people, seem to have idols. People like, people that they want to emulate people whose examples they want to follow, people whom they want to dress alike or dress like. I walk down the street and I see fellows walking around with certain kinds of haircuts. And uh, they have these particular haircuts because a certain famous personality had their haircut that way. And they want to emulate that example. They want to be like that person. Some, some famous person, some movie star or some other personality, uh, designs and wears a certain uh, type of uh, certain suit or a certain dress. And then after a while we see the uh, clothing market flooded with them because they are trendsetters. Everybody wants to dress like these particular people. Everybody in this particular age, and as I said, in particular the young people, they have some idol or some personality or someone whom whose example they want to emulate. But it is a sad fact that the most of these people whose examples they want to follow and whose life and activities they want to emulate are people that do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior and people whose lives are evil and sometimes despicable. But yet, because they are famous, they want to be like them. It is very interesting to me that the Bible is filled with role models, filled with wonderful, tremendous examples that can be emulated. And we have young people that can sing just about every song that some famous personality has penned and sung. We have people that know just about every movie star. Movie star I sit down sometimes when the radio or when the radio blasts, uh, some imitate or some excuse for a song. I hear my children saying, oh, uh, that's so and so. Uh, supposedly singing, and I use singing, the word singing advisedly, uh, when the television is turned on, they say, oh, that's such and such a personality, and they, they just get excited because that's a famous person. And then they proceed to give the history of these particular people. But it is a very sad fact that if some Bible character came on the screen, they would know little or nothing about that particular character. And I have a feeling that one of the reasons why our young people and older people are the way they are is not only because of a lack of biblical knowledge of personalities to be emulated, but as a result of a lack of interest. I was standing in a particular area one day at the airport and there ensued an argument There was an old drunk, and there was a young fellow who was uh, ridiculing him for drinking or really making fun of him. Now, this young fellow had grown up in the church. I think he was an altar boy, and so on and so forth. And he knew a lot of things about what was taking place in this world. He knew about the movie stars. He knew about the rock stars. He knew about this one and that one and the other. And so the elderly drunk looked at him and said, I will give you uh, X number of dollars if you could stand right here now and repeat the Our Father prayer. And this fellow that was so knowledgeable in everything that was around him uh, proceeded to repeat what he called the Our Father prayer. But it turned out to be the 23rd Psalm. And I thought that was appalling That the drunk whom he was ridiculing had to tell this church fella and repeat for this fella in church the, what is called, and I say it in quotes, the Lord's Prayer. Well, that's the kind of world we live in. We also have to remember, as those of us that call ourselves transatters, that all of us who live and uh, move and have our being, we also have influences or exert influences on others. And very often I hear young people in particular and some older ones who say, what I do is my business. It is my life and I will do as I like with my life. But it is sad to say that you're very wrong that everything we do has an effect upon somebody else. Everything we do in life uh, creates a problem or helps creates a problem for or helps somebody else. I'm thinking now before I get into the thoughts that I want to deal with about the story as recorded in Samuel about the sons of Eli. Who were growing up in the church and uh, were being trained as priests. The story tells us that they became so vain and so wild that they became so corrupted in the things that they did that they not only brought judgment upon their own family, causing the death of their father, they brought judgment upon the nation of Israel and as a result, thousands of people died as a result of what they did. Now we have here before us a story from the book of Genesis and I want to talk tonight about Joseph and I want to talk something about the life of Joseph because Joseph is an example of purity. Now When we first meet Joseph, we see Joseph as one of the sons of Jacob. But before I start, let me say that Joseph's life was characterized not only by what he believed, but as a result of his firm commitment to God. Notice with me, if you please, as I said, The life of Joseph. If there ever was a young man that had an opportunity or a reason to turn against God, it was Joseph. He grew up in a family where he had uh, eleven, something like 11 brothers. He was hated by his brothers. He was sold as a slave in Egypt. And uh, then, after being sold as a slave, he was seduced by his, uh, by Potiphar's wife, by his, the mistress of the home. He was then thrown into prison. And in the prison, he befriended two fellows in particular, the baker and the butler of the king. And uh, you know the story how that after interpreting His dreams or the dreams of them both one was restored to his former place and he was supposed to have remembered Joseph and to have spoken a word uh, for Joseph before the king but what happened was the sad fact was that when his friend was restored to his former place that he forgot all about Joseph so Joseph was not only unjustly sent to prison, but he was also forgotten in prison by his friends and those who had placed him there. But this is a very interesting fact that although these things were taking place in the life of Joseph, there was one person that had never forgotten Joseph, and that was God Almighty, who had a plan for Joseph's life, And he was directing every step of the life of Joseph. Now, you might look into the life of Joseph, and as you examine the many trials and testings and problems that Joseph had, you might ask yourself the question, uh, Why all these problems? Why did he have such a hard time? I would suggest to you tonight, that the reason why Joseph had such a hard time was because God had a plan for him. God had a place for him to occupy. And in order for God to give him the place that he had reserved for him, it was necessary for God to test Joseph of what kind of material he was made of and to test whether or not he could be true to him and faithful to him under all circumstances. You know, I was telling somebody uh, not too long ago that testing sometimes seem to be unnecessary. For us, we sometimes uh, prefer not to have it. But it is the testings in our lives that bring out the good in us. It is the testings in our lives that make us valuable in particular, to the service of God. I said that a watch spring, or rather, a bar of iron, if made into a horseshoe, is made, is worth about five dollars. If it's made into needles, is worth about three hundred dollars. If the same watch spring, or the same bar of iron, is made into watch springs, it's worth several thousand dollars. The, the the worth of the metal depends on the process through which it goes through. And uh, as far as we are concerned, our faithfulness and our usefulness to God depends on how much he can trust us. And the only way he knows how much he can trust us, the degree to which he can trust us, is the amount of problems and testings that he allows us to go through. And so Joseph... Uh, When he came to his final test, it is said that he was so conscious of God that when he was tested by his mistress, when he had what we would call the ultimate test, the test of fidelity, the test of a purity, Joseph was heard to say, how can I do this thing and sin not against my father, not against my master, not against my mistress, not against the nation, but how can I do the thing and sin against God, you see? Joseph, as I said, made a decision. And he suffered for this decision. But in course of time, God was about to execute his plan. You see, all the things which seemed to be working against Joseph, was working for his good because he loved the Lord and because he was called according to the purpose of God. God looked down through the corridors of time, he saw the famine coming, he saw the distress that Joseph's Joseph's people would endure. He saw the problems that the nation of uh, Egypt would experience. And uh, long before this happened, you see, before they called, he was answering. And he was about to show them great and mighty things because of his workings in a yielded servant of his. Now, I get a feeling that this is moving away from the trend in which I intended originally. But let me say... That because Joseph, under these testings and under these trying times, remained faithful to God, because Joseph was able to put up with all of these things as a result of his faith and his love for God, then God was able to use Joseph in the capacity for which he had chosen him. For when the time came that God needed uh, his representative in Egypt. God raised up Joseph. And God took this man from prison to the prime minister's house. He made he took him from being a prisoner and he made him prime minister. Now you know I always think or wonder what happened to Potiphar's wife. Having lied on Joseph and caused him to spend all this time in prison after Joseph became the prime minister. But you see, because Joseph resolved that he will not do anything that would cause him to sin against God, then God honored the, the desires of this man. God honored the testimony of this man. God honored the fidelity of this man. And he gave him the second highest post in the nation of, Israel, in the nation of Egypt, as a result of his faithfulness to himself you know there are those of us who feel as if when the trials and the testings come we can't make it and we succumb. there are those of us who feel that under certain circumstances we must bow to pressure but whenever we are tempted to do this and young people whenever you are forced into certain situations and certain circumstances. I want you to think about Joseph. I want you to think about him as a young man having to leave home. I want you to think about him in a strange land. And even in a strange land, he was able to stand up to the convictions that he had. And as a result of this, God promoted him. You see, God blessed him. And I would suggest to you this evening that regardless to what the testings and the problems are, regardless to what happens to us in life, God has an ultimate purpose for all of us. And the only thing he's asking us is that we be true to the trust that he has entrusted to us, that we be true under all the circumstances of life through which he's pleased to bring us. Because after all, he is God. He knows where we're, where, uh, he's taking us. We might not know where we're headed, but God knows where we're going. Joseph was able to do this because he had his trust in God. And as I said, God honored his trust. And that was because he refused to do anything that would sin, that would create or cause him to sin against God. Now the other person that I had in mind when I originally started to think in terms of example was Moses. Uh, when I see Moses, I think of a man who's an example of making the right choice. Moses, as you know about his beginning, he was born in a day when all the, uh, babies, all the male, uh, Babies was ordered destroyed. But his mother, looking at him, discerned something that was different about Moses. That he was a godly child. And so she defied the the orders of the Pharaoh. And she preserved him. And kept him alive. And then you know the story how that God would have it. That Moses was given to his mother... To be trained first of all in the ways of uh, the, uh, in the ways of his people. And uh, I have a feeling that during those few years that Moses' mother had him, she instilled in him all of the teachings and uh, all of the things she taught him about the God of Israel. And uh, then Moses, in later years, was taken by his foster mother to the palace. And then he was retrained because he was being groomed to become the king or the next pharaoh of the greatest nation in the then known world, the nation of Egypt. But you know, I like this. Somebody said, give me a child for the first couple years of his life. And I will create an influence upon him that will stay with him for the rest of his life. And I think that this is what happened in Moses' case. The, the the teachings of his mother were so indelibly fixed upon his life. And and had such a, an effect upon him. That even though he had gone through the schools of Egypt. Even though he had received the highest learning that that had sit at the feet of the greatest philosophers of the day. He was learned in the art of astrology. He was an astrologer. He was learned in the art of medicines. He knew everything that there was to know by way of knowledge. Because as a pharaoh, you had to be above the rest of the people. And yet the Bible tells us That when Moses came to years, in other words, when he came to the place where he had to decide what to do with his life, when he was confronted with the decision that would affect his entire life, he was able to look back at his nation, he was able to think about what his mother had taught him, he was able to think about the fact that As a result of his mother's instructions that God had a work for him to do. And then he was able to look at the palace of Egypt. He was able to look at all the glitter and glamour that uh, accompanied the life of a pharaoh. He was able to realize that he would be a wealthy man for the rest of his life. For the rest of his life he would want nothing. And I like to think that Moses looked upon all of this, all of this glitter and glamour. And then he looked at the misery of his people. And then he looked at his life as a servant of God. And the scripture says that by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, chose rather to suffer the afflictions of God with his people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin or the pleasures of Egypt for a season. I tell you, that was some choice. And that choice was made because in the life of Moses, he recognized the hand of God working and moving him to a place in life that he had occupied for him. But what happened as a result of this choice? As a result of this choice, Moses had to leave the palace. You know the story which led up to these circumstances. He had to stay out in the desert until he had unlearned all that he had learned in Egypt. Until he had fellowshiped with God and God had taught him all of the things that uh, he wanted him to know. Then God sent him to lead his people out of bondage in to the promised land. And you know the story of the sufferings of Moses. You know the story of all the problems that he experienced as he tried to fulfill or be true to the trust that God had entrusted to him. You know the story of how at last, as a result of uh, Moses' problems, as a result of his anger, He was not allowed to go into the promised land. But yet at the same time, when God spoke of Moses, he gave Moses the greatest commendation that any man ever received. Because it said that Moses, unlike the others, was a man who knew and talked to the Lord face to face. In other words, Moses was rewarded by God Almighty, For the choice that he had made. And I want to suggest to you tonight. That not only. Are we to be. uh, Not only. Are we to have influences. Or to influence the life of others. Because of the life that we live. But it must be known that we are what we are. Or we have become what we have become because of the choices that we made along the road. I often wondered what would have happened to Moses if he had chosen to become a pharaoh instead. Perhaps his name might have been somewhere in the history books. In reading the history of the past you might have come across his name but as a result of the choice that he made in choosing to follow God instead of accepting the pleasures of this life. I have a feeling that everywhere, that all down through the corridors of time, from this time on down, there have been people who have been able to look at Moses, who have been able to reminisce concerning his life, who have been able to look at his example, and read about him and have their soul blessed as a result. Moses became immortal as a result of the choice that he has made or that he had made. And I want to suggest to those of you tonight who are facing choices from day to day, there are some choices that you and I have to make that might not be very popular with the crowd. There might be, there might be choices that we are called upon to make that you and I, uh, do not want to make. But because of the knowledge that we have, we know that they are the choices that we should make. I want to suggest to you tonight that just, it, it was, don't feel like it was easy for Moses to make the choice, but he knew it was the right choice to make. And as a result, he was blessed by God. What you're going to be, yes, from now, depends on the choices that we make now. Moses was able to commend God, or rather God was able to commend Moses for the choice that he has made. Will God be able to look at you and at me and commend us for the choices that we have made? Because having made those choices, we will not only be led closer to God, But we would have become more effective in the service of God and be able to do the things for which God has called us to do. The things to which God is leading us. The, The reason why he has placed his hand upon our lives is because he has certain things for us to do. He has a place in life for us to occupy. But whether or not we will occupy that place and whether or not we will become effective in the place that we occupy... Depends on, like Moses, the choice that we make tonight. By faith, Moses, when he was come to Yes, chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And it was said of Moses that, unlike all the others, he had the distinction of knowing God face to face. Our Father, speak to our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.